Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings. Welcome to Warren Radio Battle Lines. I am Tower, and we are glad you joined us tonight. On Warren Radio Battle Lines broadcast, we feature an in-depth biblical study each week. All correspondence and inquiries of broadcasts of the WIBR Warren Radio Network can be sent to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. Today is Thursday, April 16th, 2020. And the scripture reading this week is Leviticus chapter 9, verses 1 through chapter 11, verse 47. 2 Samuel chapter 6, starting at verse 1 through chapter 7, verse 17. And the New Testament portion is Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 35. Be sure to follow the WIBR Warren Radio on Facebook and Twitter by going to Hashtag Watchman IS216 and Warren Radio. Hashtag Warren Radio. You can find us on LinkedIn by hashtag Watchman. And you can join us on USA.life and MeWe with hashtag Warren Radio. You can listen to all our shows on Warren-USA.com or DanaGlennSmith.com. You can also listen through these other networks, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Deezer, Google Play Podcasts, Anchor, and Podchaser. Take time to read the pertinent articles by the Watchmen. They're inspired and they apply to this day and age we're living in. This week we're featuring Enduring Hope, No Continuing City. Enduring Hope, we have no continuing city here. We are to seek one to come. It is the city of God where righteousness dwells. Yet living in America, it is true that many who live here have a hope in this nation. Also, body of Christ presses toward the prize. Body of Christ, the born-again believer, presses ahead, that is, to pursue, to follow. This is as in pursuit, where you are in a race to reach the end prize or mark, which is the high calling found in Jesus Christ. And you can read those articles on Warren-USA.com, also DanaGlennSmith.com, and be sure to pass them on to your friends and relatives, and we thank you. Tonight on the show, it's Isaiah, Isaiah's prophetic book, part 43, not rejoicing in judgment, and you can be sure this is this was no picnic. Judgment of the Lord God is an is an all-inclusive to where it's sent. Yet the nations round about the nation judge also feel the effects. This included refugees, 
economic upheaval, and more. And here we continue with, with Tyre and its judgment. And now I welcome in the Watchmen. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Dana, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. It's Thursday, and we're here for a good night. Well, good you know sun. the you know the thing of it is, the sun came out here about an hour ago. We had another one of those snowstorms, spring snowstorms. We had one last week, and it's been that way for years in the springtime. They come in in the beginning of spring. Every week, and uh, last week we got like four to eight inches of snow, and of course then the next day it melted, and this one we had uh, quite a bit less, but uh, we were sure glad to see the sun because we are about done with winter here. Oh, more than done. And then of course around here, you know, we have a lot of, you know, society is stressed out. It really is. It is. And, uh, sure you is. know, today alone, the stuff that's been coming over, you know, that's happening around the state, you know. And uh, some guy in Platte County took an axe to one of the sheriff. So the deputy sheriff had to shoot him. Really? We had, yeah, we had another oh, one to horrible. where this where this guy went in the back door of this uh, 80, I think 80-some-year-old woman, I think she was 87, and uh, threw her down real hard to the floor, shook her up, and stole uh, all of her money. She had eight bucks. Oh, my goodness. Eight bucks. The neighbors uh, saw him, so he he was eventually caught. He faces, what is it, 25 years in prison for eight dollars? For eight bucks. I mean, you know, people today, you know, this guy must be on some kind of drugs. I mean, that's crazy. You know, it it is crazy. People are nuts today. And around here, we're seeing people do some of the strangest things. And uh, how more so you get in some of the bigger metropolitan areas. But, uh, you know. Of course, in the news, you know, up in Michigan, they had those four sheriffs that said that they weren't going to uh, enforce the governor's order because it infringed on the constitutional rights. There was a big uh, protest. A lot of people showed up at the Capitol. So she's got her hands full. Meanwhile, Trump is talking about opening up the economy and the Mm -hmm. way it's looking... You know, they need to do it. And the thing that just slays me is how the news comes out with all the bad news like they're shocked. You know, when you shut down our society, when you do what they did, 
And the reason they did it is because Fossey and uh, Bricks both were using models that overpredicted by a lot and, uh, you know, the death toll. So, I mean, they didn't even need to shut down society, but that's, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But yes, uh, so true. it is a mess right now, and people are trying to figure out what to do. But uh, you know, Trump is working on that along with all of his advisors. We hope everything works out because whether you like Trump or not, you would be a moron to hope that this guy fails. Um, you know, and you know, there's this one guy that uh, he happens to be a a particular um, state. Uh, rep and uh, he came out in uh, support of uh, the president of Trump yeah his his name is Vernon Jones and he's a Democrat yeah and he says uh, that uh, it is absolutely a shame that some in his party would rather see the president fail, even in the midst of the crisis, than support him. And yeah. uh, this is really the truth with the Democratic Party, some of them in it. Now, we've seen a lot of, of Democrats and others that have changed their tune when they see what their party's doing. So uh, it, it is too bad. Anybody, and that's including Pelosi and all the others who come out and don't want to cooperate and want to see the president fail just so they can win. These people are not nice people. These are people. Yeah. You can't trust them when they're like that. No, No. you know, you're pulling together for the sake of the nation and the people. You're not pulling together for the Republican party. How stupid is that? We're in this together as Americans. We should be Americans first, and we should be politics down the line. It should be America. It should be family. It should be faith or whatever you believe, but you should be civil to one another, halfway decent. But we've seen nothing but vile uh, hypocrisy, uh, slander, every kind of thing you could think of coming out of the fake news and even out of some of Hollywood. It is disgusting that we facing what we're facing to have to see fellow Americans act like they belong, you know, to uh, Attila the Huns bunch. And then, of course, there's those like CNN who'd rather quote uh, China's side of things than actually face the real truth. And so it's just uh, sickening. And if you watch some of those uh, programs, uh, you know, the covering of the COVID that the president and his doctors uh, hold all the time, which I've seen quite a few of them, uh, bar none, you can tell the reporters are a bunch of, they're a pack of wolves, most of them. They're just there to cause trouble. And, well, it's uh, obvious. Yeah, and they're not going to give him a break. It's just absolutely sickening. And it's and obvious so, they don't care about the people of America. No, they don't. And so we're going through Isaiah, and this is a warning. When I'm going through this, yes, this happened in Israel, but America, you better get your head out of the nether region. You better get some wisdom, because this God is watching. And make sure 
he can reward equally to those who do evil. And that's exactly what the Lord will do. He's going to reward according to each man's work. There is such a thing as reaping and sowing in Christendom as well as in uh, the secular realm. But all of the reaping and sowing comes out of what God has already declared upon this earth. And if you're a human being living, whatever you sow, you're going to reap as a human being. And you're going to end up facing this God. So I recommend you get some wisdom and you need to repent and start being civil and moral and get something changed in your life instead of acting like a bunch of decrepit heathen that don't care about nobody, selfish, self-centered, and all the rest. It's disgusting. And I am offended by the way America is acting. I'm offended by this Democratic Party and what they're doing. But I'm encouraged by people like Vernon who came over and said, I'm going to vote for President Trump. And there's a number of others who will vote for him no matter what. It's not the matter of voting for Trump, but it's the matter of getting away from a party who has turned into a vile machine. And then you look at Hollywood and what they do. It is disgusting. And most of them are multimillionaires sitting in their ivory towers bitching. Now, why don't you try living on the streets where Pelosi refuses to do anything? Then you'll have something to bitch about. But you have a California, you've made it a mess as far as I'm concerned. My family is from California. Our roots go back to California. But it's disgusting to think that we ever had uh, roots in that country at all. There are beautiful parts of California, and there's some good people there. But it's disgusting what we see going on and the partisan politics. So I'm reminding you tonight that as I go through this, put this in the back of your head, because the same God that judged Israel can sure judge this country. That's right. Amen. What's going so on? We're going, we're going to be finishing this, um, this particular chapter. I'm going to try. And then uh, we will be in chapter 24 next week. Good Lord willing, and the crick don't rise. So I'll see you on the other side, Tower. Okay. Now we're talking about uh, Tyre. And uh, when you look at Isaiah 23, 12, which is the next verse, he said, Thou shalt no more rejoice, O thou oppressed virgin, Daughter of Zidon, or in other words, Zidon or Sidon, arise and pass over to Chittim, which is a colony, and there also thou shalt have no rest. Now we'll go back to the verse. Now, one of the first things I want to point out, in case you're not familiar with what truth is, is that when God judges a nation, guess what? It's not going to be fun. And of course, Isaiah says, thou shalt no more rejoice. It's hard to think that, uh, you know, when you live in a nation, you're rejoicing, you're feeling good, and everything's going good. Well, see, America's been that way in its past. We've had a lot of people that's been able to do any kind of sin they want. 
They've been able to have any kind of a lifestyle. They have uh, made good money. They have had everything. You've had one of the finest economies. It's kind of ironic that we're at this point because, you see, under Trump, we've had one of the best economies this country has ever seen. The figures that he was given, that he created, uh, and that was his goal. As far as black unemployment, do things for the blacks and Hispanics and everybody else is beyond measure of anything that's ever been done before. Unemployment at the lowest. And now because of this pandemic that hit, it went in reverse. This is one of the worst things that's ever happened to this nation as far as unemployment, as far as being shut down, as far as being in debt and everything else. And it wasn't because of Trump. It was because of a nation that needs to understand you can't keep living the way you're doing. You are before God. Now, see, that's the way Isaiah, when he's talking to these nations, and these are pagan Gentile nations, by the way. Usually when we talk about uh, the prophets like Isaiah or Habakkuk and some of the others, we're discussing Judah or Israel, the northern tribes. And they, yes, they sinned. God judged both of those tribes, and they went. One is, was scattered among the nations. That's uh, the northern tribes, the ten uh, cities, up uh, the ten uh, tribes. And then, of course, you have Judah, the southern tribe, which went into captivity for 70 years into Babylon. But see, God judged more pagan Gentile nations than he did the children of Israel. He judged them. Actually, you could probably put in three because at the end of the time when Solomon reigned, because he had fallen away, God judged the nation and divided it into two. And he kept Jerusalem for Jabe's sake. And then out of those two that were divided from the original Israel, both of those ended up being judged because they fell away. Now, see, that you can count that as three times his own. But if you count the Gentile nations that this God judged, there's a whole bunch of them. So America and the nations of men, including over in China, what you're doing with the Christians over there, and over North Korea, Kim Jong-un, what you're doing uh, to your people over there. And I could go on and on. I'm telling you one thing, and that's one thing here that I'm trying to get across to you tonight, is the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And the unfortunate thing about wickedness, sin, and pride, you don't know what that is. Now, see, Isaiah is pointedly saying, you will no more rejoice. Well, see, when you get into the uh, the final, uh, you know, uh, minute details of judgment judgment is hard to rejoice over just like this pandemic there's nothing fun about the pandemic especially if you got loved ones that died of uh, the covid or if you're in various areas that have a pretty rough uh, uh, hit of it but in some of the outlying states like ours it's not that bad it's not like that but still you know you have to distance yourself you have to do a lot of things that are inconvenient but i'll tell you what would be inconvenient is if god decided to really judge america to where there would be nothing left there would be no new york there would be no outlying states there would be no california there would be no way to get other jobs because there wouldn't be anything there 
you would have no peace because you would be invaded. Now, I can tell you some scenarios that are truly biblical. And there's one thing that you need to understand is when we go through this, this is to learn from. We're not going to sit here and tell you you need to worry because God judged Israel. No, you need to worry because God judged Israel and the Gentile nations. And this God is going to judge you whether or not you're under the law or not. And that's a lot of a lot of preachers and a lot of the old theologians wouldn't even touch Isaiah and some of these talking about judgment because they said, well, you know, Israel is a theocracy. It doesn't matter whether you're a theocracy because God judged more pagan nations who didn't know anything about the law or even care about the kind of God which Israel was serving, and that's who he judged. So there's no rejoicing. And he says, O thou oppressed virgin, daughter of Zidon, or Sidon, that's Tyre. Sidon got really, Sidon, uh, because of the trade, and we've been talking about that, she birthed Tyre, uh, Tyre. And then there was others that were birthed because of everybody doing so good because of the way the trade was throughout the Mediterranean. And they would go from over in Spain, you had along the coast, uh, you had Italy, you had um, all the way uh, Greece and down into Turkey and that whole area. And, of course, it wasn't called Turkey at that time. And they come on down into the Levant, as it's known, where Israel is now. <clears throat> that trade caused a lot of profit. But God is judging them. And we discuss wise. And the residents at this time are under siege by Nebuchadnezzar. And, of course, when you start getting one city overrun, you go to the other one. That's related. Because you can go there for protection and rest. Well, see, there's one thing you need to understand. When Nebuchadnezzar was on the move, there was nobody safe. Because he had a large army. And they were vicious. And they wouldn't give up. And they, you know, Nebuchadnezzar even had Egypt and uh, a number of other colonies or uh, states or nations worried as well. Now, when we talk about Chittim, you can find that again in Isaiah 32, 1, or the land of Chittim. It is from an unused name denoting Cyprus. And you've heard of Cyprus before, generally referring to an islander. Uh, the Hebrews considered all islands by this word of Chittim, which meant an islander. Oh, they're an islander, Chittim. And so that's where that term goes for. So if, if it is indeed Cyprus or one of the outlying islands, what do you do when your shore is overrun by Nebuchadnezzar and all your city, coastal cities are destroyed? Well, you get in a boat and you float that sucker to the nearest island and you stay out of the way and hope he didn't see you. That's what you do. And when you get over there, you're going to be drinking coconuts because more than likely there's not going to be much over there. Now, Cyprus was a little bit bigger if we if we consider it the, the Cyprus that there is today. But as we said, the Hebrews considered all islands by that name. And then, of course, and if we get down to Isaiah 23, 13, behold, the land of the Chaldeans, this is where we associate Babylon. The Chaldeans were not the first ones there, as you might think. This people was not, and that's what uh, Isaiah is going to. Behold, the land of the Chaldeans, this people was not till the Assyrian founded it. Now, this is kind of interesting why Isaiah would put that in there. 
because Nebuchadnezzar, coming out of Babylon, of course, eventually is destroyed, uh, taken over by the Persians. And, of course, you have that whole whole Medo-Persian thing, and you have Cyrus, who actually um, judged uh, Babylon and set uh, the Hebrews free. Well, at any rate, <clears throat> Isaiah is particularly talking about that, not leaving anybody out. Behold, the land of the Chaldeans, you know, they think they're real tough now because they're taking everybody and... Uh, you know, going through all these coastal islands. I mean, they're a bunch of, uh, you know, commerce people. Uh, you know, they're they're people that make money. They live off the sea. They live off of trade. Uh, there's a lot of boats and seafarers. Uh, but they're not uh, ones to build up huge, huge armies. Nebuchadnezzar had built up a huge army, and that's uh, what Nebuchadnezzar did. He was one of those that would pillage others. and uh, And, of course, the Assyrians were also known like that. That would be uh, Nineveh. Nineveh repented when when they were warned that God was going to judge them. That's what you need to do, America and the nations. You need to repent. But nevertheless, the Assyrians, you know, as pointedly that uh, Isaiah said, this people was not. The Chaldeans were not. Those who, who eventually came to power and... Uh, got Babel, which was founded by Nimrod and eventually uh, uh, became Babylon under the guise of Nebuchadnezzar. And then, of course, it was his kids eventually who lost it to uh, Cyrus. He had another king under him at the time who was doing it. Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, Cyrus wasn't there, but he gave the orders. And uh, so when we talk about Babylon and Chaldea, they're interchangeable. It's the same kingdom and people. And of course you could go over in Iraq and find some of that. That's the modern name we have for it, but see, it wasn't there. They weren't there. The Assyrians were there. So all the pride they have, look at us, you know, Isaiah is reminding them, you know, you weren't even there. You guys didn't have anything. It was the Assyrians who, we're in Babylon, and they date that around 1322 before the Chaldeans. Now, I find this interesting because they have the Assyrians in Babylon, and then you have the Chaldeans. Now, the whole thing is known uh, today as a Chaldean, but the Assyrians were there in the beginning, and that would even be during the time of Babel. Um, I got to look at but uh, it's interesting that you would have both of those groups in there, both of those uh, nationalities. And uh, this people was not till the Assyrian founded it for them that dwell in the wilderness. They set up the towers thereof. They raised up the palace. He brought it to ruin. <laughs> you know, if there's anybody that... Uh, you know, when we talk about he brought it to ruin, you know, it's it's an interesting phrase because, you know, it's the ultimately it is the Lord God who brings judgment. But the problem with men and women, both humans, is that sometimes we are our own worst enemies. And in our nations of men, we're the same way. Many of the policies and many of the things we allow and many of the things we do it is the worst things you could do. 
And even in America, you know, you would think that everybody had worked together to heal the land. But because they they hate Trump so much, they ain't going to listen. So we want, and and there is self-interest in that. Show me an American that doesn't want it to make it, and I'll show you someone that is really going to find sorrow. Because once this place falls and the Constitution thereof, there is nothing left. There's no place to go to anymore. And even Reagan said that. He called America the light on the hill, and once the light is extinguished, there's no place to go to. Most of the nations of men, you know, look at all the people that come to our borders. You don't see them rushing to China to get in. You don't see them going over to Russia to get in. Now, many of them try to get in up in the EU. And, of course, they open some of that. But even the EU now is such a mess. No one, you know, they're not going to be able to get in up there. But, you see... Every time you think that everything is secure, like Scripture says, in, unless the Lord builds the house, those that guard it or keep it do so in vain. If you don't base things on the Lord God. Now, see, this is where we run into problems. Now, see, many of your Muslim nations, the communist nation, they don't think they'll ever face our Lord God because they don't believe in him. To them, the power of the communist might is going to going to the day. There's, there's going to be uh, a dark one, as I call him, the son of perdition that's going to rule the world. He's, not going, to, he's going to be very successful in being over the world. That's been prophesied in Second Thessalonians 2. Paul talks about it. And he's going to get away with it because it's going to be judgment sent from the Lord God. He will send him a delusion. And, of course, sending a delusion is actually found in Isaiah as well as in the New Testament. You wouldn't think that, uh, and maybe, well, God would never send a delusion. Sure he would. you got to be careful. You think you keep going your own way and you don't listen? The scripture pointedly tells us today is salvation. Today is the day you need to listen, in other words. When God is calling you, get your ear out there and listen. Because tomorrow it may not be him speaking to you because you reject him. When he called upon you, you did not answer. So he will choose your delusions and bring your own fears upon you. Now you try to deal with that, smart. But yeah, try to deal with that. Well, see, we're all smart, we think we are, until God brings it to the point where you're in a mess. Nowhere to run, nowhere to go, there's nothing left, everything is destroyed. And most of that came about because you refused to listen. Now, see, Ezekiel is kind of interesting. He speaks of... uh, Isaiah twenty three fourteen it says, Howl ye ships of Tarshish, for your strength is laid waste. That's that's the you know, it's going to come in when you have an army flowing through 
the area, Ezekiel 26, 15 through 18, it says, Thus saith the Lord God to Tyrus, Shall not the isles shake at the sound of thy fall? When the wounded cry, when the slaughter is made in the midst of thee, then all the princes of the sea shall come down from their thrones and lay away their robes and put off their broidered garments. They shall close themselves with trembling and they shall sit on the ground, shall tremble at every moment and be astonished at thee. And they shall take up a lamentation for thee and say to thee, how art thou destroyed that that was inhabited of seafaring men? the renowned city which was strong in the sea, she and her inhabitants which caused their terror to be on all that haunt it. Now shall the isles tremble in the day of thy fall. Yea, the isles that are in the sea shall be troubled at thy departure. Now the language that you're going to, that you heard here tonight is the same kind of language that you'll hear about Babylon fallen and also Mystery Babylon. Now, for us, Mystery Babylon is one of those. Now, it's not like Babylon that uh, of the Old Testament, but the sorceries and the whoremongering and a lot of that stuff is the same, and the sciences and stuff. But there's a lot more. Mystery Babylon is a mystery. It's totally different. Because in Babylon of old, not all the nations took up the goodness of Babylon. Babylon became a devourer and would go through the nations. Whereas Mystery Babylon, she has a good economy. And many of the people, uh, the nations, have gotten rich off of her. So that means that they actually worked with her. And so this is a Babylon that works to create uh, and brings that which is despicable which is cursed in the eyes of the Lord, and the nations of men devour it. They drink of the cup. Now, see, that's the difference when we talk about Mystery Babylon. And if you talk about Mystery Babylon, her cup has been drank by America. It's been drank drank by uh, Europe, and it's been drank by just about every nation already. Now, that doesn't mean everybody has the same uh, kind of abominations because the cup is every kind of abomination. Now you see the Chinese have an abomination concerning their their communism. They think it gives them a right to destroy Christian churches, to throw people in prison and do whatever they want to. You get over in Kim Jong-un, which is seen as a god over there. He His abomination is he thinks he can act like a king begins to believe he is a king. And yet, in the midst of all this, his people is oppressed. Christianity has been one of those things that can actually kill you and your entire family. You get into a lot of Muslim nations. You get into the Hindu nation, which is the largest democracy down in India. Their abomination is the fact that they're a Hindu nationalist. And that uh, although Modi says that there is no such thing as Christian persecution, there is. We report on it every week, been doing so for a long time. We've known a Christian persecution in India going back more than two decades, and it was there before then. That's an abomination. You get over in Pakistan and living by the Islamic code, and they've been doing the same things to Christians. The Sia Bibi, who actually got uh, convicted of doing practically nothing, 
They accused her of uh, blasphemy when she didn't do blasphemy. And she was, uh, I think, almost nine years in prison. She was facing the death penalty and ended up gotten a reprieve at the highest court. And uh, so I believe Pakistan is trying to change. But see, there is there is an abomination there. We find all kinds of abominations. Abominations doesn't have to be sexual. There are all kinds of abominations that this cup has. Now, see, and so Ezekiel. It's interesting when we look at Ezekiel. Ezekiel, you know, here's the guy that's a prophet that was sitting on the river Chebar when they were all being taken into captivity. And so he had a ministry that was prophetic that one of the worst times, <laughs> and it was the worst time, man. You're going to captivity. You've lost everything. Jerusalem's gone. The the, the prophets are gone. There's no prophets in Jerusalem. Ezekiel was called out. There's no temple. The walls of Jerusalem are destroyed. Dear God in heaven, if you appreciate life, folks, if you appreciate no matter where you live today, you need to seek God and, and pray for the people in charge and really try to see a change in a society to be more moral. Now, see, I'm not saying that all of the Hindu nations, Muslim nations, communist nations have to be America. Dear God in heaven, no. But there has to be justice. And there is only one Lord God, and he is Lord God of all the nations, even if you are a different religion or a different kind of uh, economic or a social structure. Isaiah twenty-three fifteen it says, And it shall come to pass in that day that Tyre shall be forgotten 70 years. Now, I call this a generation. But whether it is a generation, you know, you, many people also look at 40 years as a generation. But I look at a generation as really uh, a generation is that time of each birth uh, of a group of people. I came out and I was born many years ago on a certain year. And that was that one year where I was born had multiple generations born. And each one would live a certain amount of years. But when we look at 70, 7 and 10, 7 is God's perfect 10, is the number of completion. It, you know, we can see this even in the New Testament when the Lord talks about five wise virgins and five foolish virgin, uh, virgins. That's completion. That denotes the whole of who he's talking about. And so when we take 10 times seven, you've got 70 years. This is a perfect time of judgment. This is the completion for the word of God to be fulfilled. And it says, according to the days of one King. And of course here, we look at that King and it may be a certain King that's going to be in charge or a dynasty or their kingdom. And at the end of 70 years, Tyre will sing as a harlot. She'll be ready to go again. She'll be forgotten, and all of a sudden, she'll be ready 
And, of course, whenever you look at Harlan, whenever you look at this in judgment, you see it also in the New Testament. You find it in Mystery of Babylon and the Judgment because uh, the harlot, the woman that has the cup, is seen riding on the beast. You have them together. And whenever you look at even Israel, you know, we have that um, – usage of feminine uh, feminine descriptions uh, and when we talk of Israel we can you know we call her Israel we call the church the bride of Christ but yet the bride of Christ is made up of all of us but the bride of Christ is being wed to the Lord at the great you know the last great supper you know and that's the supper of the lamb when we're all going to be there. So Tyre's going to sing at a harlot. Of course, what makes the harlot sing? Money. <laughs> Opportunity. You know, when I was in the service out in the East Coast, as servicemen, you were targeted by harlots, by uh, people in the stores that sold uh, jewelry and tattoo parlors and bars. I mean, this is on uh, <laughs> on the streets of Rhode Island, you know, there where we were at. I'm not going to tell you the place, but you would know it is pretty, it was a famous uh, sailor uh, port. But you go by the shops and they're all calling out, hey, sailor, I've got a ring for you. Or there's another one. Hey, sailor, if you send a picture home to your mom, I mean, they all did it. Then, of course, when you're walking along the streets and some of the other places, the whores would catch up with you. And, of course, they weren't cheap. They wanted $250. Well, I wasn't interested in the first place, but $250, give me a break. Most of the servicemen I ran around with, I took, I had a buck and a half, and that was enough to get 25-cent uh, coney dogs. And uh, between uh, the coney dogs for 25 cents and getting two free meals from a couple of different Christian agencies, I was able to make it uh, on a weekend without having to go back to the ship. Of course, that means sleeping on a bench, but I made it. So, you know, a harlot, when she sings, she wants money, baby. That's what she wants. She's selling something for money. It isn't free. And see, there's a lot of people today that work the same way. They may not be selling sex, but they're a harlot anyway, because they have sold their soul for things. People today are hung up, and they have sold their soul. Many Americans have sold their souls. Soros has sold his soul, and using his money to satiate his lust to get what he wants. And the last thing he wants is a Trump America that is a great America. He didn't want that. He spends all of his money and all of his time on globalist policies and other issues that he thinks is more important. Now, the judgment of 70 years simply means Tyre is forgotten. It is pillaged and removed, and there's nobody there to rejoice. So who would rejoice? The only one that would rejoice are the ones doing the pillaging. When they get done, they're happy. Look at all the stuff we took from these people. It was easy. There wasn't anybody there that could fight. We went in there, took it, and destroyed everything. We took what we wanted. We raped what we wanted to rape. That's pillaging, folks. And believe you me. You don't want to go there. 
You don't want to go there at all. Ships, trade, and commerce. If you're doing any trade with them, you don't go near it because Babylon is there and they had destroyed it. So they look for other areas. Egypt would have been upset about this uh, loss of these particular coastal cities because Egypt, of course, did a lot of trade uh, going up through the Nile and out into the, uh, the Mediterranean up the coast. And so this was a devastating thing. <clears throat> and, of course, when we look at the 70 years, this 70 years is exactly the same amount of time that Israel was to be in captivity. And so we also see that connected here as well. But yet, um, when you look at it, it's a big deal. The nations would be subject to Babylon. Well, they were subject to a lot of different rulers. Uh, If you read Daniel, there was several great rulers, and among them, of course, was Alexander the Great. And, uh, you know, Napoleon, remember him? And, of course, there was Hitler. You know, why do these kind of people happen? They just do, and a lot of times it's connected to judgment. All of Europe was destroyed by Hitler. The rule of Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon for 70 years. Some kingdoms were conquered early and some later. But when the 70 years was up, then all would be freed. Now, see, the whole time period of how long um, Babylon is, Babylon could be a lot longer than 70 years. See, it was just Israel was to be at Babylon for 70 years. Uh, Tyre was to be forgotten for 70 years. That doesn't have to mean the same 70 years. In Jeremiah 25, 11 through 12, and this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. And it shall come to pass when the 70 years are accomplished that I'll punish the king of Babylon and that nation, saith Lord, for their iniquity and the land of the Chaldeans and will make it a perpetual desolation. Now, those are some of the prophecies concerning the fall of Babylon. And, of course, Cyrus was, uh, was the one that brought that about. But the thing that is, the thing that we have here is Babylon was never made a perpetual desolation. And even in the time of Saddam Hussein, he was trying to rebuild it, putting a lot of money in Babylon because he saw the prophecy as well. And he wanted to fulfill it as being someone that would rebuild Babylon. So, you know, we do have that. Now, let's go in 23.6.16. Take a harp and go about the city, thou harlot, that hast been forgotten. Make sweet melodies, sing many songs that thou mayest be remembered. Now, this is in the context of the verses we've been talking about. And, of course, when you talk about this, you know, if we go back, I mean, they're the ones calling a harlot. You know, harlots 
on the street, they don't come in ones. There's at least two or three. They're all over the place in some areas, just like drunks are. Many of them are forced into it. It's not a good lifestyle. But the thing of it is, is that the city is the harlot. And when you try to revive a city, you want attention. You want to tell people things. You want to, well, in modern lingo, we'd be advertising. We'd be saying, come, you know, come and take advantage of our post um, pillage sale. <laughs> Where whatever's left, we're giving it to you at a low detail, a, a low price. You know, I mean, they're going around, make a sweet melody, sing any songs. They're trying to get attention, but it's not going to work. Because it's been judged and it's going to stay quiet. It's going to stay forsaken until the judgment is up. In verse 17, it says, It shall come to pass at the end of 70 years that the Lord will visit Tyre and she shall turn to her hire and shall commit fornication with all the kingdoms of the world upon the face of the earth. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, now when we're talking about Babylon, raised that empire to its glory. And it was under Babylon, I mean, under Nebuchadnezzar, that the children of Israel uh, at Judah were taken into captivity. He was eventually succeeded by his son. They call him the evil Merodach. And then his grandson, Belshazzar. Now, you will remember him from the writings of the wall in Daniel. And it's at that time that Cyrus then came in and would bring it all down. And, of course, there was still, um, you know, there were Jews in Babylon at the time that it fell. But the Lord had used, and we will get into that in Isaiah, where Isaiah begins to prophesy to the children of Israel who were at Babylon, telling them to get out of there, which actually echoes exactly what John is telling the Christians, the believers, uh, who are caught up in mystery Babylon to come out of her, my people. See, this is the same echo here. It's the same command. And so while we're talking about this happening in, uh, you know, something Isaiah is talking about and events that really, really did occur, we're also looking at that with what John says and our current society. When this thing begins to turn into the real true end of days, and we do have uh, that mystery Babylon, and we have all the kingdoms aligned, we have everything working, um, it, it is not going to be a good place to place to be. I mean, if you happen to have the mark of the beast, you're going to be on top of the world, you think. But when things start going south after you've had the had the mark, and that would be the wrath of God, that's when that's going to happen you're going to find yourself in a world of hurt because it's too late for you, kid. You take that mark, you're going to go through hell on earth, and then you're going to go through hell forever in the lake of fire. It's not going to be fun. And if you don't think God will be just in doing this, you got another thing coming because guess what? You're not God. And there's no way you and all your protesting is going to stop him. That's why it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's when you realize how you are 
and how big God is. But see, even with that, he sent his son to die on the cross for your sins. So there's no reason for you to face judgment. No reason at all for people to go to hell today. No reason. The only reason they go there. And in John 3.16, which everybody knows, the Lord makes it clear in the next few verses. They don't come because they love darkness more. They don't come to the light that they might be forgiven. Because they love darkness more. And you can put that in America. We've got people in America that love darkness more. They are not going to repent because they love that darkness. And so we're just not going to be able to get through this. So, But one thing we want you to see, we want you to see how close this parallels a lot of the things that we ourselves can face. We can apply these things. You know, that's why we go through this, is so that we might learn something. (laughs) You know, isn't that something? We might learn. Dear God in heaven, you think we could learn? If you could learn, it would save you a lot of heartache. It would, you know... I know in my life, and I'm, not, and of course, I know this may astonish you, but I'm not perfect. I know my wife would be astonished, but I'm not perfect. And if I could do away with all the stupid things and the ignorant things and, and the things I did in my life, you know, because, you know, when you're born, you're not born smart. You're born a human being that God wants to redeem. And he gives you, till a certain time, the age of accountability for you to make up your mind. Then he worked to redeem you. Folks, we need to be better listeners and better learners. I don't know about you, but we're not really ready for America to be totally destroyed yet. So I think it's imperative that we learn wisdom and seek the Lord and seek his blessing. And it's imperative that those people that are walking in darkness repent of it. Nevertheless, the Lord will do what the Lord is going to do. And with that, we will stop at uh, Isaiah 23, uh, 17, two verses left. But I'm going to wrap this up a little more. And then we're going to go into... Isaiah's Apocalypse, chapter 24. And I don't even know. This is one of those chapters that you all you need to do is go through it. You, you don't need to do a lot of historical research. This is one of those chapters that if you really believe that it's the Word of God, you're not going to forget Father, we thank you for your word tonight. For those that hear it whenever they do, bless them, teach them, Lord, and move in their lives. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. Okay, Tower. Okay, I'm here. 
Boy, that's a lot of stuff in that those few verses, isn't it? There is. You know, and it's one of those things, like the Lord was always saying when he was here, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. That's what John says a lot in the first part of Revelation. Yeah. You know, and the problem of it is most people want to hear with their ears. Folks, you don't need to hear it with your ears, although you will hear it with your ears. You need to hear it with your heart. That's what you need to hear it with. Yeah. Your spirit. It doesn't do any good to have the things that flop along the side of your head to hear it. I learned a long time ago. When my dad told me something, it didn't make any difference. It took a few times, and sometimes it took a belt two inches wide, leather strap to the backside. Then I listened for a while. Now, you see, God disciplines, and he corrects. But then he also sends judgment. God knows you're not perfect. He's figured that out about me. But Tower too, because she's not perfect either. Oh, yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be perfect. We're going to be perfect. And we're justified by faith. And because of the cross of Christ, we're his child. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I truly appreciate what he's done for us on the cross. Amen. Our sacrifice, because we would never make it otherwise. So seek the Lord, folks. Number one lesson. Well, we're going to have to get out of here. Okay. Good night, everybody. We love you. We pray for you. May God richly bless you in all you do and keep you safe. And be sure to join us tomorrow night or tomorrow for Down the Shofar, Overcoming the World, Redemptive Inheritance of the Saints, Part 7 on Down the Shofar. So we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good night and be blessed. We'll see you. Don't forget to go by our websites, warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Shalom, everybody. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warn Radio.